Welcome to the Beamsville Church of Christ online ministry. This week's message is titled Angels Everywhere. Thank you to Glennis, Dawn, Rhonda, and Janet for being involved in the video. The scripture reading is Hebrews 1, 5-14. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, if you're uh, out in the halls, we uh, ask you to come on in. It's uh, good to see everyone this morning. Missing our Great Lakes students this morning, so it seems a little emptier than usual, but uh, I trust they're having a good time, whatever they're doing. <laughs> um, it is so good to see you. It, uh, I was thinking this morning about, um, you know, signs of spring starting to come and the gorgeous weather that we've been having. And uh, even though it's still very chilly and there's lots more winter to come, <laughs> It uh, certainly is, <laughs> Rhonda says, let's hope there's more winter. Yeah, put up your hand if you echo Rhonda's thinking. Yeah, not so much. Um, <laughs> you're on your own with that one. Um, but it's wonderful to be together in here. And uh, even though it's still a little chilly inside, uh, we know that our fellowship will warm things up. So it's good to see everyone. And... Um, we do have uh, a few announcements. Um, we've got uh, a birthday for Ben this week. And um, I think a fabulous announcement is that Diane has retired after many years at uh, Fleming Chicks. And I know um, we certainly have lots of amusing stories about um, Diane. I think one of the funniest ones was... <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay pulled some kind of a prank and poor Diane was like, I don't know what it is. And so John said, let me listen to the, to the thing. And I won't tell you what it is because it was, it was, you know, very typically young kids stuff. But um, John said, oh, that's Lindsay. <laughs> She's just being silly. So uh, our many congratulations to Diane. There is nothing more wonderful than being retired, I have to say. Uh, it's a pretty awesome thing. We do um, also want to remember in our prayers the Perry family. Um, I always think about um, Eugene. Eugene had, has passed. I didn't really know him myself, but I am filled with dear memories of Gloria um, talking about Uncle Eugene. And so uh, we definitely extend our condolences to the family and uh, pray for them. Um, Mike is still recovering um, from his surgery and he's still seeing the doctors. I know that you're joining me in prayer for him. He is our very much our dear brother and we pray for him very earnestly. Um, Shirley, where are you, Shirley? Right there. She's with us this morning. Good to see you. And uh, she's still she's still experiencing some pain, but um, we're grateful that you're here, and we will continue to pray um, for you, Shirley, um, as you recover from your fall. And uh, we're praying, of course, for Len. He had his he has uh, he had his heart surgery, and uh, he's home now. So if you join me in a word of prayer, we'll pray for these people as well as for our service. Dearest Lord God, we are so grateful that you are 
Um, you are our healer, the healer of our hearts, our souls, our bodies, our minds. God, we're grateful that, uh, that we can come to you in prayer. God, we pray, certainly pray for, um, Eugene's family and, um, and our, of course, our, uh, part of that family that's with us here. Please, um, be with them, walk beside them as they mourn his passing. God, we uh, pray for Michael. We pray that uh, you would continue to uh, work with the doctors. God, that you would heal him miraculously and restore his sight, God. Uh, we ask for prayers for Shirley. God, we um, we know how difficult falls are, and um, it's no fun getting over them. I pray that you'd be with her, help to boost her spirits, and um, and certainly heal um, her um, pain as a result of that fall. God, we pray that you'd be with uh, Len as well, um, recovering from his heart surgery. God, uh, please heal together his heart and make him um, healthy all over again. God, we love you. God, we pray for this service. We pray that uh, it would uh, lift our spirits, God, we pray that um, with gratitude that we can come together uh, to be in fellowship with each other, to love up on each other, God, to be neighbors to each other, and to reach out to our community. God, we love you so much, and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts for this gift of life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. And thank you, Adam, and thank you, Heather, for those meaningful songs. Um, I don't feel like there's anything much to say after that. Um, after, after Noah came out of the ark, the people were, Noah and his family, they were told to multiply, but they were also told to spread out and replenish the earth. And I want you to keep that as background information because I'm going to read from Genesis 11, which isn't usually read for communion talks, but anyway. And the whole earth was of one language and one accent and mode of expression. And as they journeyed eastward, they found a, a valley in the land of Shinar, and they settled and dwelt there. And they said one to another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. So they had bricks for stone and slime for mortar. And they said, come, let us build us a city and a tower whose top reaches into the sky. And let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered over the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, behold, they are one people and they have all one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And now nothing they have imagined they can do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and there mix up and confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from the place upon the face of the whole earth and they gave up building the city. Therefore, the name is called Babel because there the Lord confounded the language of all the earth. And from that place, the Lord scattered them abroad upon the face of the whole earth. I think these people's problem was that they were proud. 
They wanted to do their own, what they wanted to do. They didn't scatter out. They stayed together and they relied on each other and they relied on themselves instead of trusting in God and submitting to God's will. And we all seek ways to make our own way in our own physical and spiritual lives instead of relying on God. We're not a lot different than these people. And sometimes we would rather make a name for ourselves than to submit to the will of God. And while they were working out their plans, God came down and God scattered them. And sometimes when we're, when we're working out our plans, God came down. Christ came down. Christ came to earth while people were making their own plans. He came down and he died on the cross. And he died on the cross for our sins. And I think when we take the Lord's Supper, I think it's a time to remember that we're not sovereign. God is sovereign. And it's a time to take Christ's body and to take Christ's blood into us. And it's a time for us to, to, to commit to submitting to God's will instead of submitting to our own will and submitting to God's plans for us instead of submitting to our own plans for us. And sometimes it's a hard thing to do, but and sometimes we like to think we're in control but we're not in control. God's in control. And I have a friend named Alvin Cramp, who some of you know, and I, <laughs> I can't even talk about this because it was 50, 60 years ago, but I remember when I was a teenager and we were so close to the Cramp family. And, and I remember Marie phoned us one morning and she said, Alvin fell in the barn and they rushed him to Toronto and he ended up being paralyzed. And and it totally had a huge impact on his life, but you can't follow your own plans because you don't know what your future holds and God is in control. And, and Alvin went on to be a wonderful example to all of us. So let us pray. Dear God in heaven, thank you so much that you sent Christ down and thank you, Christ, for coming down and thank you for, for taking our sins to the cross. And we pray that that this week that we will be full of your body and full of your blood and full of your energy and full of your ways and that that we will that we will live lives that that will glorify you and that will will represent who you are in Jesus name amen The reading is from Hebrews chapter 1, verse 5 to 14. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have become your father. Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. 
And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. In speaking of the angels, he says, he makes his angels spirits and his servants flames of fire. But about the sun, he says, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. He also says, In the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will roll them up like a robe. Like a garment, they will be changed. But you remain the same, and your years will never end. To which of the angels did God ever say, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Good morning, everyone. So glad that you're with us this morning. I begin with uh, an interesting question, because I think we've all been there. Have you ever had a disagreement with someone and it just never resolved? It just never got better. It just seemed like there is no answer to this. Well, that's true in the Bible. There are times of great disagreements that never did really resolve, but there are times when they did resolve. How do we get two opposing cultures to come together as one? Especially when Paul and other people talk about coming together as one. For example, that in Christ, all things, listen to this, in heaven and on earth come together as one. Ephesians chapter 1. Or, in Colossians 1, Jesus is reconciling all things in heaven and on earth. How do you get Two opposing cultures, both who love God, but can't seem to agree on the fundamentals. And it may have happened to us over the years in, in different situations. So I want to spend some time talking about this because it really was important whether the church was going to continue to exist or not, or it was going to fall apart. So in Acts chapter 15, I'm just going to do some reading. In Acts 15, beginning in verse 1, some men came down from Judea to Antioch, and they were teaching the brothers and sisters, listen, unless you are circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. That gives me the shivers just reading that. You can't be saved? This brought Paul and Barnabas into sharp dispute, 
and debate with them. So Paul and Barnabas were appointed, along with some other believers, to go up to Jerusalem to see the apostles and the elders about this question. The church sent them on their way, and as they traveled through Phoenicia and Samaria, they told how the Gentiles had been converted. This news made all the brothers very happy, very glad. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and elders to whom they reported everything God had done through them. Then some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, the Gentiles must be circumcised and required to obey the law of Moses. Yep, they can become Christians too, but they have to do everything that the Old Testament teaches as well as in Christ. That brought a great dispute. The apostles and the elders met to consider uh, the question. And after much discussion, Peter got up and addressed them. Brothers, you know that some time ago, God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe the gospel. God, who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them just as God gave the Holy Spirit to us. He made no distinction between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. Now then, why do you try to test God? By putting on the necks of the disciples a yoke that neither we nor our fathers have been able to bear. And then with an exclamation point, he says, no, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that we are saved just as they are. The church was at a pivotal moment. If they couldn't get past it, I wonder if you and I would even be here today. A long list of requirements were said by some, where others said, we're saved by the grace of God. And so I repeat, how do you get two opposing cultures, or maybe two opposing Christians, that disagree with each other spiritually or scripturally on just about everything, how do you get past it? And I think it's true to look at this, and I'm so grateful that our congregation is really a, a great congregation of unity and coming together and helping and celebrating one another and being there for one another. And yet there are times when we know where, you know, somebody says, well, I think the scripture means this. And someone says, well, maybe, but maybe it means something else. And that's good. If it's all resolved and everybody's happy, that's fine. But you see, when the church first started, is the church going to exist? After Acts chapter 2, when Peter preached to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and 3,000 people were baptized, it was great. And then all of a sudden, discussions and debates and things that got in the way of the gospel sort of penetrated the church all the way through. So a person whose name was Saul, who opposed Christianity, putting people to death, that even he himself becomes a Christian. And we read most of the New Testament writings that he wrote 
as being very, very helpful. So interesting to notice a couple of things. In Galatians chapter 2, if you want to turn there with your Bibles, beginning in verse 11, it says this. When Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him. This is Paul speaking. I opposed Peter. Not something we hear very often. And I stopped to think early this morning. Picture that. When Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. What would that be like? I mean, Paul and Peter. There you are. Come here. I've got something to talk to you about. Or was it, you know, brother, I'm having a bit of a problem between what we're teaching here. Maybe we can discuss that. I don't know. But the fact that the scripture says opposed to his face is a very powerful and a pivotal moment in why we are here today. Because it could have gone away. It could have gone awry. So Peter came to Antioch. I opposed him to his face because he was clearly in the wrong. Before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group, meaning their way was the only way and that was the way it was going to be. And even though Peter didn't really believe that, Paul didn't believe that, there was this tension that was there. In fact, so much so that verse 13 says, the other Jewish Christians joined him in his hypocrisy so that their hypocrisy even led Barnabas astray. How do you get two opposing cultures to come together as one? Now, you may be wondering, what does this have to do with the reading that we read just a few minutes ago? Are not angels, ministering spirits, sent to serve those who inherit salvation? Because, listen, not only do we have God on our side, and not only do we have Jesus on our side, and not only do we have the Holy Spirit on our side, have you ever thought we have angels on our side? Hebrews 1, 14, are not all angels, not just some, are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? How many of us have an inherited salvation. Here we go. Not only have you received salvation, you have angels all around you. I don't think we think of this very often, but our day may have not survived if not for an intervening angel that day. It can happen so many times. It can happen so often that we forget that not only do we have God on our side and Jesus on our side and the Holy Spirit on our side, always intervening for us, but we have angels on our side. <laughs> and I think some angels go, whew, what a day that was. Because there are times when we just 
even though we believe in Christ, we just sometimes step away and not as close to God as we'd like to. I think it's unique that when Peter came to Antioch, Paul said, I opposed him. I opposed him. We have to come together as one. And one of the ways that we do that, and it's not just by Jesus Christ, of course, but by the Holy Spirit helping. It says, the scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham that all nations will be blessed through him. So those who have faith are blessed with Abraham, the man of faith. And then he says, for those who just relied on their own interpretation of the law, that's not what God ever wanted. So I say all of that to get to where I want to be. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 1. This is a wonderful book. It's a book of encouragement. It's a a book of help. And it goes this way. Hebrews chapter 1. And we don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews. Years ago, there was thought that it was Paul. Many people believe now that I don't think that it was Paul. We're just not sure. So... One of the questions we ask God when we get to heaven is, who wrote Hebrews? Whoever did, thank you. What a marvelous, marvelous book. And Hebrews doesn't hide anything. It just lays it out. So, Hebrews 1. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets, in many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, Jesus Christ, of course, whom he appointed heir of everything. He's the heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and is the exact reputation, uh, presentation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. And after he had purified, uh, he had provided purification for sins, his death, burial, and resurrection, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as his name was inherited as superior to theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, today I have become your father? And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him, meaning Jesus. In speaking of angels, he says, he makes his angels winds, his servants flames of fire. And I think that might mean there are times on a given day when something happens to a person, God intervened, and we don't even know he intervened. We just don't even know we intervened. But if he told us this is what might have happened, what a dangerous day. He makes his angels winds, his servants flames of fire. But about his son, he says, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. And righteousness will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. So one of the things that we have to ask, one of the questions we have to ask ourselves 
is, are you joyful that you're a Christian? Are you joyful that God knew you before you were born and that God knows you now? Are we joyful that we can come together as one and worship and love the Lord? And ask any question you want with this. Even through difficulties, are you grateful that God has never abandoned us? Because Hebrews talks about the fact that the angels are servants of God. And the angels are always helping us. So throughout the book, he talks about paying attention. So Hebrews chapter 2. We must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we don't drift away. For if the message spoken again by the angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received us just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? God offers salvation on a plate for all of us. At all times, all willing to come together. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and angels all around us. And the Hebrew writer, again, who we don't know wrote, talks about that Jesus is greater than all things and that we come together as one. That he is the high priest that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. So what I want to do is just, uh, in this brief message today, look at two more chapters, both in Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 11. And I warn you, I warn you, this is not an easy couple of chapters to read. It's very blunt, it's very severe, it's very cruel, and yet at the same time, it's part of this wonderful joy that God gives us. Hebrews chapter 11. Well, I'll go back a little bit. Sorry, Hebrews chapter 10, beginning in verse 35. So do not throw away your confidence in Christ. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. And then he says in verse 39, but we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed by those who believe and are saved. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for. We know God exists. We know Jesus exists. We know the Holy Experience, the Holy Spirit exists. We know because there's too many times in our life when we and when we see how God intervened, can't explain it. How did that work out? And I think I've told you this story before. And it's not about me. It's about God. But uh, back in Ajax, I think I was 9 or 10 years old, uh, our hockey league was didn't have arena, so we would travel to different arenas and different places. And we were driving up to Sunderland. I think there was like... Ten kids packed in the car back then. That's the way. That's that was our team back then, and we played up in Sunderland. Coming back, it was just a wicked, wicked storm. We really couldn't see anything. And the last words I heard my dad say, before well, I'll explain it in just a moment. Says, you know, this is kind of dangerous. And then all of a sudden, 
my ears just kind of couldn't hear anything. It was a roar, it was a loud noise, it was a bang, it was breaking windows, it was crazy, it was horrible. It was a truck coming behind us, couldn't see in front of us, we had to stop and he plowed right into us, knocked our car over a car into the trunk of the car that was ahead of us. And the police officer came to the window, I don't know how long it took, and he was white as a sheet. He said, I thought no one would be alive. Front of the car was gone, back of the car was gone, back of the windshield was gone, front windshield was all smashed up. Dad's chest hit the steering wheel, which made an oval steering wheel kind of a square, and we were all fine. We were all fine. How do we explain that? Here's how most people would explain it. Well, yes, lucky. It's just lucky. No. God said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I am with you, help me, always. There's never a time when we're alone. We may feel like it, but we're not. So this, to me, is why Hebrews is a wonderful book about faith and strength. And even when our faith weakens, we can be strong again. We, we just give ourselves to God. And so the price that Christians paid in the first century, they had that forward look, even though they knew it was going to be very, very difficult. So I read this to you. I, I will say this is not a nice thing to hear, but it's the truth of what happened in the past. I read it to you. So what more shall I say? I don't have time to talk about Gideon or Barak or Samson or Jephthah or David or Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised. Listen, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned, they were sawed in two, they were put to death by the sword, they went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, mistre mistreated. The world wasn't worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and caves and lived in holes in the ground. They were all commended for their faith, but none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better. Now it comes our turn. God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. And I think when they were in the lion's den, when they were being persecuted, I think some of them would thought, think, it's worth it. This is going to benefit the next generation. It's too easy to say it. But they did say it. And they believed it. And I wonder if we can have the same faith for the next generation coming if we can prove by our steadfast love of the Lord and realize 
how God already sees us. So let me conclude. Here's what he says in Hebrews. But you have come. I already see you here. But you have come to Mount Zion. You have come to the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels and joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. Our names are already there. You have come to God. So see to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on the earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? And at the time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, once more I will shake only the earth but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken that has created things so that we cannot be shaken and remain. Therefore, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that can't be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably, with reverence, with awe, for our God is a consuming fire. And he finishes the book by reaching out to us. I particularly urge you to pray. And I want you to know that our brothers and sisters have been raised and we will be together again. Not only, not only when we close our eyes for good and then open them. And one day God is going to create a new heaven and a new earth and we'll be together with loved ones again. I believe because of all of that and because of what we said today, we are so fortunate. We are so grateful that we have a God who never backs down on his promise. Amen. Thank you, uh, Don, for a challenging lesson and to Rhonda for leading us around the Lord's table. God, uh, let's go together to God in prayer and pray for our week ahead. Dearest Lord God, I pray that you would Help us to have the courage, the courage to be what we need to be according to your calling. God, sometimes, sometimes it's hard to hear your voice and to answer. God, I pray that you would give us, uh, help us to be brave, give us courage, give us your encouragement, the encouragement that Jesus gives us through his incredible uh, sacrifice for us, God, that the Spirit gives us through um, the amazing and somewhat mysterious ways that He works, God, and of course, through Your love. God, we love You. We are so grateful that You um, always keep us close to You, that You never, ever forsake us. God, we pray for our week going out. We pray that we can be uh, helpers uh, to others as their needs are made known to us, God. I pray that uh, we can be as as righteous as we can possibly be. God, we, we love you, we thank you, and uh, we pray your blessing on this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for watching or listening. 
The Beamsville Church of Christ meets at 4900 John Street, Beamsville, Ontario. Scripture quotations marked NIV taken from the Holy Bible, New International Version, NIV, copyright 2011 by Biblica, Inc. Used by permission, all rights reserved worldwide. Scripture quotations marked AMPC taken from the Amplified Bible, copyright by the Lockman Foundation. You can find out more about the congregation on our Facebook page or at beamsvillechurchofchrist.ca.